today i want to talk about something which is very close to all of our hearts known as the mystery and also the complexity of understanding our god how do we know who our god is and i believe that we can never come to the fullness of knowledge of our god who our god is you know bible is trying to contain such a such an amazing god such a sovereign god in couple of pages and bible can never contain such a sovereign god but even bible contains many of the attributes of god the nature of god still we struggle to understand who our god is so today in whatever way we have already understood about god i'm helping you here to understand some of the attributes and some of the nature of our god you know many times we know we have one viewpoint of our god who our god is it differs person to person you know some sometime we look at our god as god almighty sometime we know we look at our god as the god who heals a hard god who delivers who he is our shepherd he is our righteousness you know in many different ways we know but bible gives a multi dimension view of who our god is you know only scripture can really help us to understand who our god is you know sometime some of the facts we read in the bible in the word of god we quickly neglect or we just ignore those facts about our god you know this morning i would like to bring some of those facts and of the nature of god our god you know some some of those nature may be disturbing as you hear from me this morning some of the facts may be answering your questions that you have in your lives the fact is that god is sovereign if you can put the slide over there god is sovereign can you say sovereign god so he is a sovereign god that simply means he is the supreme ruler of the universe the one who executes power without any limitation that's what supreme god means so he is a supreme god or he is a sovereign god the supreme ruler of the universe the one who executes his power with the fullness without any limitation today the government we see when there is a ruling government you know they have a limited power when they exceed the power the opposing the opposition party they raise their voice they have a limited power all the government officials prime ministers and presidents they have very limited power but bible says our god is a sovereign god how many of you are happy for that he is a sovereign god amen he is a sovereign god he is the ultimate control of the universe and in bible he says i am god in fact i am the only god there is no other god beside me and he says i will fulfill my purpose my purpose alone will stand my counsel alone will stand and he says i will do everything for my pleasure such a selfish god he says i will do everything for whose pleasure 
God's pleasure, not really for our pleasure. He will do everything for his pleasure. Let's get back to the scripture now. Isaiah chapter 46 verses 8 through 10. You know, half of my sermon is introduction this morning. Isaiah chapter 46 verses 8 through 10. Can you read with me? Remember this and show yourself men. Recall to mind, O you transgressors. You know, that's how God calls us for some reason. Verse 9. Remember the former things of old for i am god and there is no other i am god and there is none like me verse 10 declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done saying what he says my counsel shall stand and i will do my pleasure and he says my purpose will stand and i will do my pleasure god says i will do my pleasure and my purpose will stand my counsel will stand the lord does whatever pleases for him the way he created the universe the way he created you and me the way he was dealing with people on the face of this earth, the way he is dealing with you and me today, one thing that is clear is the Lord does whatever pleases him. That's where many times you are not happy with your life. Many times we are not happy with our spiritual journey with the Lord because he doesn't do everything that pleases us. He does everything that pleases God. Psalm 135 verse 6. Can you read with me? Whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and in earth in the seas and in all deep places so from the scripture we understand the sovereignty of god can you say sovereignty of god you know what daniel the prophet he understood the sovereignty of god to a greater extent and when he read, read a couple of scriptures daniel he this is how he understood the sovereignty of god can you read with me and he changes the times and the seasons you know in your life the season is not the same it has got changed when you came to this nation you came with an expectation but you are not living in that season anymore the season got changed because and can you read with me and he changes the times and the seasons he removes kings and raises up kings he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding daniel 4 verse 17 can you read with me beautiful scripture the one of the scriptures that i like the most the decision is by the decree of the watchers and the sentence by the word of the holy ones in order that the living may know that the most high rules in the kingdom of man gives it to whomever he will and sets over it the lowest of men you know today we are not happy about your government you are not happy about the 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 the, the, the ministers that are ruling the nation but god says i will take the kingdom from someone's hand and i will give it to somebody give it to whomever i will and i'm set sets over it the lowest of men you know, God is in the ultimate control. You know, that's why we say you pray for the ruling government. Just do not, do, do not just be unhappy with the government. Whoever is ruling the nation, they are appointed. They are, they are ordained by God. It is our responsibility to pray, but God brings the right people. You know, many times we are unhappy. We pray for certain government to come, and when we don't see that government coming up, and you know, we are so unhappy. But God's word says, 
He's in control. He's a sovereign God. This morning, I'm not going to leave you here. I want to take you to one more level deep. Are you willing to come with me? Are you sure? Are you really sure? Okay. Now we'll add another layer to this. Another layer to the Christianity, the complexity of Christianity. If you can put the next slide, please. Some of his characteristics that appear to be contradicting and paradoxical from human point of view. If these characters are together, they coexist in God, unified with the divine purpose. Are you with me this morning? I want you to understand again. Some of the characteristics of our sovereign God appear to be contradicting as well as paradoxical from the human point of view. But yet they coexist in God, the contradicting characters, the natures of God. They coexist in God and they are unified with a divine purpose. And they are there, they are existing there for a reason. You know, this morning, I want to, want to take you through some of those contradicting, paradoxical natures of our God. Paradoxical, that simply means self-contradicting, conflicting, inconsistent. You know, sometimes when people come and ask you, your Bible says this in one place and it says something else in the other place. Have you come across such situation? Why your Bible is not consistent? Where your God seems to be doing things the way he wants. Yes, of course, he does the things in the way he wants. And how can you serve such a God who is not consistent? Who is inconsistent? Whose words are conflicting? Whose nature is conflicting? And this morning I pray that God may open our eyes. We are trying to understand the sovereignty of God. We are trying to understand the sovereign God. You know, what is the best way to understand the nature of God? Any clue? What is the best way to understand the nature of God? Try. Sorry? Experience? Okay. Read Bible. Sorry? Taste and see. Some more. Okay, so how do we understand God? Who said that those who have seen me have seen God? Who said that? Are you sure? Okay. Jesus said that. And we know much more about Jesus. How do we know more about Jesus? Which word of God? Bible. Okay, which section of the Bible? Gospels, right? So we thank God because, you know, Gospels are written uh, by people, those who believe, uh, those who walked along with Jesus. They are the first eyewitness. And we have the first eyewitness in front of us. So it's easy to look at Jesus and try to understand God. Are you with me this morning? Let me know if I'm going theologically wrong, okay? Are you okay? Okay, that doesn't mean that I'll go wrong. But if I go wrong, you have all the right to stop me. Right? Are you with me? Yes, okay. <laughs> Somebody's getting irritated, annoyed. Yes, I'm telling you again. Go, continue, continue preaching. So the best way to understand our God is to look at Jesus. Because he said, if you have seen me, you have seen my father. Let's look at him. Jesus appeared to be 
extraordinary charitable Jesus appeared to be I'm talking about the three and a half years he ministered on the face of this year he appeared to be extraordinarily generous extraordinarily helping and extraordinarily caring for people but he was extraordinarily strict do you know that let's continue to look at Jesus he sets very high standard for holiness very high standard but he was right there forgiving the worst of the sinners talking about some of the paradoxical nature of Lord Jesus Christ when he was born he was known as the Prince of peace and Jesus said I did not come to bring peace is it not contradicting yes he said I will not bring I did not come to bring peace but rather I came to bring what sword that's what Jesus said we read that in Matthew chapter 10 verses 34 and 35 can you read with me Matthew 10 34 do not think that I Prince who is saying this Prince of Peace is saying this the peace giver is saying this do not think that I came to bring peace on earth I did not come to bring peace but a sword verse 35 for I have come to set a man against his father a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her at least that you understand right against her mother-in-law that's why Jesus came to this world today that appear to be totally contradicting there is no doubt about it but what Jesus is trying to tell we can interpret that in many different ways and we can say that Bible is not wrong and if you rightly read the context and he says Jesus continue to say that once the enemies are there household once enemies are their household and then he says if you do not do not deny your father and mother and if you take up the cross and follow me you are not worthy of me so the peace giver the prince of peace who came to give peace and now he's saying that I did not come to give peace but I came to give sword the best way to know the scripture if somebody is asking you to tell that for example the son has accepted Christ newly the daughters and accepted Christ newly the girl who came into the family she came from a Christ knowing background but she did not tell that she follows Christ she got married to a non-believer and now after coming here she told that I follow Jesus Christ now what happens somebody who believes Christ somebody who doesn't believe Christ and there is a fight they lose the peace so Jesus came for this reason the peace is gone the moment someone follows Christ in an ungodly setup in unbelieving setup that's what Jesus is talking about in this context but Bible appeared to be contradicting some of those examples they mentioned about Jesus you know Jesus appeared to be super strong at every moment in this in the midst of the storm he stood in the in the boat and he rebuked this wind and that ceased that ended there but standing before the tomb of Lazarus Jesus was crying I'm talking about the contradicting the paradoxical nature of God that we see in Lord Jesus Christ in the same way our God has paradoxical nature too this morning I would like to title my sermon as the paradoxical nature of God can you say that with me the paradoxical nature of God when people of Nineveh they repented and turned back to God you know the story of Jonah how many of you know how many of you do not know the story of Jonah 
Can you raise your hands? Yes? Somebody here? We'll send you down to the basement. So people of Nineveh, they responded to the gospel. Of course, Jonah did not go there. He went to Tarshish and finally God pushed him to Nineveh. And then he came to Nineveh and preached the gospel. And then people relented. Sorry, people, people repented and God relented from the disaster that he pronounced over them. He said that he's going to come upon them. Now this displeased whom? Oh, you, you know Bible? You know Old Testament, right? Do you need I mean, just to be frank, let me know. If you want to go to Sunday school, you have all the freedom to go there, right? So the story of Jonah will be taught once again. So Jonah was happy or unhappy? Unhappy. Why he was unhappy? Yeah, so there is so many, so many bad things and God is forgiving them. And more than I believe, more than that, I believe he was unhappy because he prophesied. You remember? He prophesied. Now he has become a false prophet. Right? Now he has become a false prophet. Whatever he said, it's not going to happen. Now he has become a, he's so unhappy. And he went out of the city and he made a shelter for him. And he was sitting in the shelter. <laughs> you know, that's what we do, right? Sometimes if you are unhappy, we make our own shelter. We close the room and go inside the shelter. And how many days we'll stay there? How many days will you stay there without talking to anybody? One, two, three? Amen? No? Okay. We make our own shelter if some, sometimes if we are unhappy. Jonah was not happy with God. Why God did not destroy Nineveh? So he went there and he sat down there and there was a scorching sun. And he was so unhappy. And God brought a plant. A small plant came over him and it was giving him shelter. It was protecting him from the scorching sun. And what happened? Let's read Jonah chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Can you read with me? Sorry, Jonah 4, 6 and 7. And the Lord God prepared a plant and made it come up over Jonah, that it might be shade for his head to deliver him from the misery. So Jonah was very grateful for that. Planned. Now what happened? Verse 7. But as morning dawned, this next day God prepared a worm and it so damaged the plant that it withered. So what happened? God made a plant and God also created a worm that destroyed the plant. So the number one nature we want to talk about this morning, the making and the destroying nature of God. Can, can you say that with me? The making and the destroying nature of God. God makes and God destroys according to his own purpose. Are you with me this morning? I want you to understand this morning we are talking about the sovereignty of God and we are also trying to understand the contradicting nature of God, the making and the destroying nature of God. And why God did that? Simply to accomplish his purpose. Simply to accomplish his purpose he created the plant to give shade to Jonah. That's why, that's how he created the plant. You know, this morning in your life, you see many things that comes and that just goes. Before you get a grasp of the whole thing, before you get an understanding of what is happening in your life, you see that that comes and goes. You don't have any idea why that came into your life. Why you went through that path. As a plant comes up, 
And then the next day the plant went away because the nature of God is, he's a making, it's a making nature of God and the destroying nature of God. You know, we serve the same God today. We serve the same God. God brings people in your life for a purpose. Once it is done, they are taken out of your life. They're taken out of your life. God gives parents and husband and wife and children in your family. Once the purpose is accomplished, God takes them out of your life. Not only out of your life, even from the face of this earth. We are talking about the sovereign God. Who is the maker and the destroyer. We are those who are sitting here, including me. We are here for a purpose. Once the purpose is done. God takes us out. A baby, which is in the womb of the mother, it's there for nine months. And if it continues to say more than nine months, it's a problem for not only for the baby, even for the mother. Once the purpose is done, God pushes the baby out. The baby comes out in the same way in your life. When people are done with you, God takes them away. And we don't understand why God is doing this because of the very nature of God. He is the maker and he is a destroyer. Maybe secondly, to teach a lesson to Jonah. When the sun beat on Jonah's head, he became angry again. And what did he say? He said, it is better for me to die. It's better for me to die than to live. God said, God spoke to Jonah. Jonah, is it right for you to get angry over the plant, which you did not labor? That just came up. And now we are, and that perished overnight. Now we are so angry. Is it right? If you are getting angry and pity over this plant, will I not have pity over the 100, 120,000 people who do not know, who cannot discern the left and the right? You know, there are many times in our life, we think about the plant in our life. This morning, I want to ask that question to you. What is that plant in your life? Who is that plant in your life? Who is that plant in your life? What is the plant in your life you are trying to deal with? We have so much pity over that plant. We want it for some reason. But God doesn't think about that plant at all. God thinks about people who are perishing. You're talking about a God who destroys as well as who makes. We think about that we don't have. But God doesn't think about what you don't have. God think about the people who do not know the difference between right and left. Those who are perishing every day. This morning we are trying to understand the paradoxical nature of our God. Let's move further. I want to read another scripture. Exodus chapter 4 verse 11. Just come with me. Exodus 4.11, can you read with me? So the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? It's a news for you this morning. Who makes the blind and the deaf? Come on, who makes the blind and the deaf? God. Who makes the mute and the deaf? 
God makes the mute and the deaf and the blind. Secondly, we are talking about the imperfect and the perfect nature of God. The imperfect as well as the perfect nature of God. You know, we are talking about the paradoxical nature of God. Perfect God making imperfect people like us. You know, I was just thinking about why God had to make people like us. He is a perfect God. Why he has to make people like us? Some are so tall, so tall. Some are so short. Some are so broad. Some are so thin. Some are totally shapeless. Why God had to make such things? I was thinking, he's a perfect God. He's such a handsome God. If you see Jesus, how handsome he is. Bible talks about it. He's such a handsome God. Why he has to make such imperfect people like us? When the disciples saw the blind man coming to Jesus for healing, what did they ask? They asked Jesus, Jesus, whose sin is this? This man has born blind. That's what we worry about today, right? People who are dying, keep on dying. People who are dying with a disease in their family. And they don't have children at all. You think about whose sin is that? Who's there? Somebody has done something wrong. Somebody has done something against God. Probably that's why they are going through this. And Jesus said in John chapter 9 verse 3, can you come with me? Jesus answered, neither this man, read with me, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the work of God should be revealed in him. And who made that blind, by the way? Who made that? God. You're talking about the imperfect and perfect nature of God. When you don't see in yourself, when you look at the mirror, what you want to see in you, something we curse, something we murmur, Sometimes we say, God, why did you create me like this? And I hear that testimony here. We are witness here. Amen. Anybody looked at the mirror and said, oh, I'm so handsome. I'm so beautiful. Anybody said it ever? You said, oh, you said, thank God. God bless you. You said, thank God. I think we should call all of them to the front. <laughs> but that's true. That's very true. If you have the courage to say that, really praise God for that. You know, many times we complain. We can't complain. Why? Because God is sovereign. We should be thankful to God. God at least made you. Because he's also a God who destroys. He did not destroy when you were in the womb of the mother. He is the one who brought you out of the womb of the mother. And we should be happy about it. The imperfect and the perfect nature of God. Let's move further. Deuteronomy 32, 39. Deuteronomy 32 39 can you read with me now see that I even I am he and there is no God besides me I kill and I make alive I wound and I heal nor is there any who can deliver from my hand what kind of God we so this morning you know it's not very encouraging but I want us to understand this is the kind of God we so Thirdly, the killing and the rising nature of God. 
the killing and the rising nature of God. When Moses was born, Pharaoh ordered to kill all the male child, either two or below two. You know, we know that without the knowledge of the sovereign God, nothing will happen. The same thing happened when Jesus was born too. We know that nothing will happen without the will of the sovereign God. Still, why God allowed that? Why did God allow that to happen? Because of the birth of Moses, all the male children got killed. Why did God? We are talking about a God who kills and a God who rises. We are talking about the paradoxical nature of our God. Now probably we can give an explanation and try to understand the way I can understand probably Moses had to hit the doorstep of Pharaoh and God made a way. God made a way for Moses to enter into the palace of Pharaoh. For that to happen, God had to kill so many children. We are serving such a God. This morning we can decide if you don't want to serve, we can walk away from God. But this is the God we serve. And we need to know the kind of God that we serve this morning. Why did God kill? Why did God ask Israelite to kill all the nations around them? Thousands and thousands of people were killed. Always there is a question, why did God ask to kill that many people? And today non-believers, they have difficulty understanding. You are a God who is not a merciful God, who is not a gracious God. Whatever you say, it's all lie because God is a God who kills. That is very true this morning. We are talking about the killing and the rising nature of God. Can you come with me to Deuteronomy chapter 20, verses 16 through 18? Read with me. But of the cities of these peoples which the Lord your God gives you as an inheritance, you shall let nothing that breathes remain alive. That's the instruction of God. The massacre, the mass killing of people there. And Deuteronomy, let's read, continue to read verse 18. No, let's read verse 17. Can you read with me? But you shall utterly destroy them. Who are all the Hittites, the Amorites, and the Canaanites? Uh, and the Perizzites and Hewites and the Jebusite. You kill everybody, thousands of people, just as the Lord your God has commanded you. Let's continue verse 18. Lest they teach you to do according to all their abominations which they have done for their gods. You sin against the Lord your God. Look at his jealous God for his people, for his holiness, in order to protect his people, that they will not pick up the wrong habits from people who do not know God, people who do not follow God, people who engage them, indulge themselves in the ungodly way of worshiping God, in the, in, in the abominations of the ungodly way of doing things, God. You know, if you are with me this morning, you will realize the important, importance why Bible says you cannot be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Now this morning I want you to turn to this verse and understand, you know, in order to protect the people of God from the abominations of the idol worshippers and people who do not follow God, God was killing all of them so that that practice will not enter into the camp of the Lord, the people of God. Now this morning we are trying to understand the kind of God that we serve. The reason God wants to take some people out of your life just because of this. Just because of this. 
You think that everything is going well. It is important that we need to have friendship with those who do not follow God. Those who worship idols. But at times God takes them out of your life for a reason. Are you willing to let them go? Let them go. Just be willing to let them go. They are corrupting you. They are corrupting your thought. They are making you to doubt God. They are allowing your faith level to go down. God is telling you, I am done with those people in your life. I want them to leave. I want them to leave. They must go. If you hold on to them, the same thing that happened to all those Berusites and Jebusites and all those key group of people may happen to us. We're talking about the paradoxical nature of God, killing and raising nature of God. You remember the New Testament, Ananias and Sapphira? They came before the disciples and they lied. The death came instantly. You're talking about a God who kills. You're talking about a God who kills the sovereign nature of God. And the same God went to the tomb of Lazarus and raised him up. Peter was standing there. He saw Ananias and Sapphira falling down and dying there in front of him. And Peter walked into the house where darkness was laid. And she woke her up, raised her from the dead. We are talking about the paradoxical nature of God. Let's move further. Job chapter 5 verse 18, reading from NIV. Job chapter 5 verse 18. Can you read it with me? For he wounds, but he also binds up. He injures, and his hands also heal. The wounding and healing nature of God. The wounding and healing nature of God. Today your heart is wound, wounded. You are hurt just because... You serve this God and that wound and the hurt comes through people and God is just allowing that to happen in your life seeing that to happen as if he doesn't know anything happening in your life in spite of you calling on the name of the Lord nothing changes nothing changes we are talking about the wounding and the healing nature of God are you still willing to follow God Jeremiah chapter verse 18 verse 4 Jeremiah 18 verse 4 we read a beautiful story and the vessel, we see a potter there. He's making a pot, beautiful pot in his hands. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in his hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to make. That tells me very clearly that clay was in the hand of the potter and that clay can still go bad. Today you are worried about your child, why my child is behaving in this way. Your child can go wrong. Your child can walk away from God. It's true that you are in the hands of God. You are serving God, you are in the hands of God. But it's hurting inside of you. It can still hurt. That's what the clay would have said. I'm in the hands of the potter. How can I go bad? How can anything wrong can happen to me? How I can encounter, how I had to, why I had to encounter this loss in my life? Am I not in the hands of the potter? This morning the answer is you are still in the hands of the potter. You are still in the hands of the potter. We are talking about the wounding and the healing nature of God. How much that clay would have got wounded in the hands of the potter. He worked over the clay. Many times, multiple times. It is still possible to get sick even when you are in the hands of the potter. It's still possible to face failures in your life. 
It's still possible even to lose life even though you are in the hands of the partner. You are in the hands of the partner. The things that are happening in your life that doesn't mean that you are not in the hands of the partner. You are still in the hands of the partner. Going through pain and suffering in your life that doesn't mean that you are not in the hands of the partner. The one who wounds and the same one who heals. He took the clay again and made that clay in the, as a beautiful vessel. Sometimes that clay disappears on the face of this earth. But that clay is made into a beautiful vessel in the eternal heaven. You're talking about the paradoxical nature of God. The same God who wounds, the same God who heals. You and I don't have another place to go. It's the same God. It's the same God. Let's move further. Hosea chapter 6, verse 1. Hosea chapter 6, verse 1. Come and let us return to the Lord. As I said, there is no other place to go, for he has torn, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us. We're talking about the ripping and the mending nature of God, the turning or ripping and the mending nature of God. You know, during the tragic moments in life, today people are torn apart. Have you not heard about, you know, people who, the family, beautiful family with two kids and they started driving to the south and they never came back. They never came back. Some other story we heard that they drive, drive to the south and they, their car plunged into the river. They could not come out of it. When we go through the tragic moments of life, it can happen to anybody. When people are torn apart, when people are rip, ripped apart from our lives. The question is, are we still serving the same God? Is he still our God? Is he there somewhere? Can I still trust him? This morning we are talking about the ripping and the mending nature of God. And I remember some of you remember, many of you may be a great man of God. In the south of India, by known as by brother DGS Dinakran. On May 21st, 1986, I still remember the day. May 21st, 1986, he lost his daughter, Angel. She's almost of my age. Angel in a car accident just in front of Chennai airport. Many of you know that. And he was torn apart. He was just sitting there with a broken arm. He and his wife, they were traveling the car and then she passed away. It was not known to him for a few, few, few hours, but then later he came to know. More than handling the pain, he had to answer to many people. He was such a great man of God, used mightily thousands and thousands of people. They got saved in this ministry. Big crusades everywhere. Great man of God, very well gifted. Such a great man of God. We, we got a privilege to know him personally. Such a great man of God. He was totally ripped apart on May 21st, 1986. Before the end of the year, he started the Karunia Institute of Technology. And today we see that raised so many leaders across the nation, across the globe. Anybody from here? Anybody from Karunia here? One, two, three, four, see? They're everywhere. They're everywhere. That resulted after losing his own daughter, 
angel in a car accident. We are talking about the ripping and the mending nature of God. After that happened, he lived for 22 years more. And he served many people. He led many to Christ through his prophetic ministry and the healing ministry. Let's read Psalm 147 verse 3. Bible says, he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. Where that brokenness came from? You think that that brokenness is coming from your family, your people who are with you. You think that at times the brokenness is coming from you, the enemy, it may come from some other place, some other source, some other source, but God allows that to happen in your life still because he's a ripping God who rips you apart and he mends and he tights it, put you together. And you know what? During this process, you got purified to multiple levels and you are made into what God wants you to be. There is no other way to make you. There is no other way to mold you other than what God had to do in our lives. Finally, Isaiah chapter 54 verse 7. Isaiah 54 7. Can you read with me? For a mere moment I have forsaken you, but with the great mercies I will gather you. We are talking about, a, about the paradoxical nature of our God, a forsaking God. God who forsakes you. Even that moment is enough for you. Even that moment is enough for you. The tragedy just comes on our lives. When Jesus was hanging at the cross, he was crying to the Father, Father, my Father, my Father, why have you forsaken me? We are talking about the God, about a God who forsakes us. Psalmist says in Psalm 71:11, can you read with me? God has, people are telling, the, telling David, the psalmist, people are telling God has what? forsaken him pursue and take him now this is the time for there is none to deliver him the moments you know when you feel that god has forsaken you the devil is after you people are against you everybody is against you because i know very well that this is the time to pull him down it's the time to pull her down there are times that we feel that god is far away from us that's the nature of god at times we feel that God has forsaken us. But, Psalm 30 verse 5, can you read with me? For his anger is but for a moment. But that moment is there. That moment is there. Never forget that. That moment is enough. His anger for that moment is enough to destroy us completely. For his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. You know, that's why we say that we are living by hope. We hope in the Lord. We hope in the mercies of God. The second part of it, we know that it is coming. It has come on our lives. There is weeping and there is trouble and there is pain and everything is happening. But we believe that joy is coming. The day is coming. Those moments are the moments that God wants to draw you closer to him this morning I can't really completely talk about the entire nature of God even I don't know I could share what I know a little bit shall we all arise this morning as we summarize God is sovereign God we started there God is sovereign God and we said that he accomplished his purpose he accomplishes his purpose according to his pleasure he does whatever he would like to do. 
And we talked about the contradicting and the paradoxical nature of God as we see in the Bible. We saw, we said that the same nature is also seen in Christ Jesus. You know, today there are many questions that are unanswered to us, such as why my prayer is not answered. You have a question. Why I don't see blessings in my life, whereas I see blessings in every other life. Why there is disability, where there is poverty, why there are people suffering on the face of this earth. I talked about the God we serve, the God we serve. Why people are suddenly taken out of my life, you have a question. Why do I feel that God is not present at times? Why I feel that God is so far away from me? In spite of me calling him, in spite of me following, following him, why God is so far, why God is so far? The answer is the sovereignty of God. The only answer I can give and you can give is the sovereignty of God, the sovereign nature of God. He does things according to his pleasure.